Hey everyone, it's Pastor Brandon following up on our message, The Unanxious Way. This is our little B-side snack in between Sundays. Um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the withdrawal and return, the withdrawal and return that we looked at. Jesus taking the disciples through, withdrawing from the crowd on the boat, and then returning to the crowd on land where they minister to the crowd. And the withdrawal part being interesting because it's challenging. The withdrawal part was the time when they had to face their anxieties on the sea of anxiety. And so I just wanted to point out, um, that if, if you're interested in that and want to look more into that, the concept I learned from Mark Sayers in his book, Facing Le- Leviathan, Facing Leviathan. Um, but he in the book, as he talks about it, he says that it came first from Arnold J. Toynbee and we see the pattern of withdrawal return in the life of Christ in an overarching aspect. He withdraws from heaven and then returns to heaven. Uh, in a medium-sized context, he withdraws on the cross in death, then returns from the grave in resurrection. And then in a very smaller, more daily context, we see Jesus will often withdraw from the crowds to be with his disciples or to pray, but then he always returns. You see this this in and out, this forth and back with Jesus being alone with the crowds, with the disciples, with the crowds. And so it's it's interesting to follow, isn't it? The uncrowded way with the unanxious way and the crowds being something that the Pharisees would have loved and do did love. They in fact they sought to control the crowds, right? with their laws of morality, because they needed the crowd to be pure. That was the only way Judaism was going to survive in the anxious sea of Roman paganism. So the crowds yearned for, I'm sorry, the Pharisees yearned for the crowds to have some sort of control over them. But in that message, the uncrowded way, we saw Jesus, yes, he was around the crowds, yes, the crowds drew near to him, but he would constantly find ways to withdraw from the crowd. And we saw that his way was an uncrowded way. It was not about crowd control. His way is not about rules and morals just to sort of get us to behave ourselves. His is an uncrowded way in which he prioritizes being with the 12, relationship. And relationship cannot be a manufacturing plant of discipleship. It's a one-on-one case. And we looked at that in the uncrowded way, how Jesus is different than the religious structures of the Pharisees, even though he does give us so-called religious structures. It's for a different aim. And so then we come to this unanxious way, and we see the withdrawal return much more clearly. Now, um, the reason... I did not get to get into this in the message. There's a lot to cover just with that simple concept. But you see that as they withdraw, they are terrified. They have to face things. And this is what we all need to do, is we need to face our own leviathans in our own lives. And these are the anxieties, the inadequacies, the things where we feel like we're not enough or people don't like us or we're unloved or or these tendencies to prove and to push and to promote and to praise ourselves. We have to face these and often facing the fact that we are not what we wish we were can bring a deep sense of anxiety. The feeling that I can't make this happen. I can't save myself. I can't cause fruitfulness to come about because deep down inside, we wish we can control these things. But life is much more like the sea. 
and sometimes it's great sailing, it's sunny, there's fishing, and it's great and fun, and there's swimming, but sometimes there's a storm, and there is chaos, and there are monsters that are threatening to swallow us. Which, by the way, the Jews saw open sea as the source of monsters. Hence, the beginning in Genesis 1 is open sea. That was not good. God creates out of it, and it's good. Uh, the flood, terrifying. Um, you see in Daniel's vision of chapter 7, the four beasts that come out of the sea. In Revelation 13, the beast that comes out of the sea. And finally, in Revelation 21, I saw the new heavens and the new earth, and there was no more sea. The sea is a vast open place that you cannot control, cannot tame. It's chaos. There's a sense of helplessness. It is anxiety and evil. That's where Leviathan dwells. And so Jesus takes us in seasons of withdrawal. He takes us on that sea. Not so that we can learn to master it. This is not a self-help technique. He takes us onto the sea so that we learn to wake him up. Christ lives within us and we have to learn to tap in to his presence. So what I learn on the sea is that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Do you recognize that? Galatians 2 verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. On the boat, we recognize that Christ lives in me. He's on the boat. On the boat, in the stormy sea, we realize it is no longer I who live, Brandon James McCulloch has died. I cannot handle the storm. I cannot tame the sea. The ship is about to go down. That is Brandon James McCulloch. Yes, I am inadequate. Yes, when I'm faced before the 5,000 hungry multitudes, how am I going to feed these, the disciples protest? That is precisely the accurate way to see life. When we feel those anxieties, we are actually seeing life in its proper perspective. It feels wrong, and I get that. It feels terrifying. And I've had to go through this very recently where I had to tell myself, wait, this isn't wrong. This is God showing me the proper orientation of life and the universe. It's that Brandon James McCulloch is mere flesh and blood. He's a speck of dust. As the Psalms say, they weigh nothing. <laughs> I weigh nothing. Yet, in Christ, I am something. The proper orientation is that God is the center. I orbit around him. He doesn't orbit around me. I orbit around him. He is the center. And so there's a crucifixion that must happen. And we're going to look at this actually next week in the next uh, few chapters, chapters 8 through 10. Jesus is going to start to teach about the fact that crucifixion is not something I'm just doing for you, although that is huge and important, but it's something that you must do with me as well. The boat gets us there. And so that's why I realize, all right, 
yes, I am an inadequate. And there's a lot of anxieties in the world and within myself. And there's a huge Leviathan monster. I need Christ to slay this. And I need Christ to give me stability. And I need to trust in him and rely on him. So it's no longer Brandon James McCulloch, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's the key. That's the goal. So we learn to give what we have to Jesus. And then he's able to feed above and beyond more than we can imagine, ask or think, the 5,000 multitudes that there's leftover baskets of food. And so when we finally get there, when we finally are able to say, Lord, save us when we're in the sea of anxiety, he then takes us to the crowd. We return. And there it says when he takes the loaves, um, it, it says in Mark 6, verse 41, it says, I want you to notice four things here. It says, taking, that's first, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke so two and three blessing broke the loaves and gave four gave them to the disciples to set before the people now what you see going on here is exactly what happens when we go through the sea of anxiety we give ourselves to jesus he took the five loaves, the two fish. That's you and me. We're not enough for 5,000. We're only five and two. But he takes us as we say, Lord, save me. He says a blessing. He blesses us as he blessed the creation and the humans when he made them in Genesis 1. He blesses us when we give ourselves to him. He restores to us something of that origin of Eden, that image of God. And he says, no, yes, you feel anxious and you feel like you're not enough, but I'm going to restore into you my image within you. So he takes us, he blesses us, he breaks us. That's what we've already gone through in the sea of anxiety. So now we recognize that Brandon James McCulloch isn't enough. He must be broken up. He must be broken up so that the Christ who lives in him may now be the true power and source of his life. And then he gives the bread to the disciples. And so he distributes us and the disciples distribute it to the people. This is how it happens. The sea, the sea of anxiety takes us through this process of our giving ourselves to him, him blessing us, his, his breaking us, and then his sharing us with the multitudes. Now, I go through all that to say, because what I want to build up to is we can all go through this process. Withdraw, return. Some of us have. We just haven't recognized it. Some of us are in the midst of it. Some of us know it's coming. What we want to learn to do is not to avoid the boat, but to go on it and to see what God takes us through, to see how Jesus rescues. We have, are, and will go through this process. What I hear, and I hear this a lot from students right now in my classes at the Christian school, I hear them talking about, yeah, but if you have a season of falling away, then you have a testimony. And I know things like that have been said for years and years and years. But one, I remember one specifically saying, but you need a testimony. And they were asking me, have you walked with Christ your whole life? And basically the answer is yes. Um, they didn't quite say, well, then you don't have a testimony. Because I think for some reason they can tell. But this is what I want to get at is when you go through the sea of anxiety, that is your testimony. You do not need to shoot heroin. You do not need to go to prison. You do not need to have 30 years of, of misery in order to have a testimony. We all have the same 
problems. We're fallen human beings. And I think we often emphasize moral failure as true lostness, but really the fact that we all deal with this gaping sea that wants to swallow us alive and this this anxious feeling of we're not enough, we have all been there. Some of us have learned to be broken through it, to wake Christ up, to desperately cry out to him to rescue us, and then we return to shore. Now you have a story to tell. Now you have a power, not of your own, but of Christ's, to give to the world. That is a testimony. And those are the testimonies we need more of. I might be emotionally moved when I hear of someone who went so far into sin and then came back, and I might be excited for them. But what provides great leadership and mentorship and discipleship in our real-life world is when we meet people who have been on the stormy sea of anxiety and that they went to the other side of that sea with Jesus. Because that person has something that's been given, blessed, broken, and now is being passed out to the multitudes. Yeah, it's not as dramatic of a story, perhaps. But these are things that we have all been going through. And if we stop and recognize where Christ is working, and if we recognize the fears that he's teaching us to overcome, and the power that he's giving us when we feel inadequate, those are stories to tell. And even if you don't tell these stories, they're creating you into a person of substance. Because now you can stand before 5,000, whereas before you would try to shoo them away. These are the testimonies we need. The ones that you already have, we need to identify them and lead through them, lead from them. That's why Jesus took them through the stormy sea. And that's why he still takes us through it to this day. So yes, we are not enough, but the boat teaches us that Jesus is enough. Christ lives in me. He lives in you. Brandon James McCulloch is dead. I hope you recognize that. (laughs) from now on, I'm wanting Christ to be the power and the one in me. And you know what I've, I've realized is awesome is that you can say whatever you want to me. You can criticize whatever I'm doing. You can try to hurt me. But if Brandon James McCulloch is dead, how is that going to affect him? As long as I am living through Christ in me, nothing can touch me. I want to close with this quote from the book Facing Leviathan. Once the leader has withdrawn away from the influence of the society, he can no longer look to it for a sense of identity and meaning.